Morning, everyone. I'm glad you guys could join us this weekend. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Matthew. I have the privilege of being on staff here at TVC with our youth ministry called Fusion 412. So it's for 6th to 12th graders. So much fun. And I also have the opportunity for this last year, I've been working with our internship program, which has been awesome. We've had some awesome interns go through this. And I just love working here. I love uh, the opportunities that I get, and, and it's pr a privilege to be up here with you guys today. And we're in this series that we've been talking about the voice and hearing God's voice. And so we're going to be talking more about that today. And I want to jump right into the, the key verse that I'm going to be focusing on today. It's from the book of Proverbs. If you guys are ever looking for a book with lots of wisdom, this is the book to read. And so in Proverbs 3, it'll be up on the screen for you guys, verses 6 and 7. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. I love this verse. It's actually, it's quickly becoming one of my favorite verses. Because it's really kind of blunt to the point. There's not room for interpretation. And that's what I love about it. It's very practical in our lives. It's saying, listen to God's voice in everything you do everywhere you go. And so that's pretty simple, that it's not just when we need to hear God's voice, maybe on a big issue, but, it, but this verse is saying, listen to his voice in everything that we do, everywhere we go, uh, he will keep you on track. And then this part we probably all need to hear is don't assume that you know it all. And it's kind of just right to the point saying, hey, listen, life's full of craziness. Don't think you have it all figured out, but go after the voice of God. So that's what we're going to be talking about today of what are the different ways we can hear God's voice, and what does that look like? And I know one of the reasons I love this verse, too, is so practical. Uh, I feel like every day, if not every, definitely every week, I'm talking with a student or an intern or a family member, a friend, whoever it is, that are trying to live this verse out. They're trying to hear God's voice in something that's going on in their life, and we all know there's a thousand different things that, goes on, that go on in our lives, and big decisions like what job to take. What do I do with this family situation? Students sometimes, what college should I go to? How many kids should I have? All these things. There's so many things in our life that we want to hear God's voice on. And, and I see people trying to walk this out all the time. And I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I'm in this situation and I'm trying to hear God's voice. And I maybe feel like I heard God's voice. But then that question comes in my head. Was that really you, God? Am I just hearing myself? Was that my voice? Was that your voice? And I think that sometimes that's where we sit. Is that really God's voice? Uh, several years back, I was an interim here at TVC. And so that meant that I was sitting in during transition. And I uh, was here for about three months, and it turned out TVC liked me enough, I guess, to uh, want me to stick around. But I had a commitment for six more months in a mission organization. Well, the mission organization said that it's okay if I, if I felt from the Lord that I was supposed to stay here, then, then I could. So I had a big decision to make. And in this decision, I had, had things to think about like, okay, one would pull me thousands of miles away from home. Uh, this job's not going to be open for long because it's a great job. Uh, one would keep me home, would keep me having a paycheck. 
would have me close to family and friends. And so there's all these things to think about. And I'm like, I'm going to seek God. So I had about a month to seek him out. And so that's what I did. I, I was intentional. I was putting away distraction. I was seeking God. And I got nothing. Nada. For a whole month, just seeking nothing at all. And then the dreadful day came of where I had to make the decision the next day. TVC needed to know where I was at. The mission organization needed to know where I was at. So that night was stressful. Uh, I don't remember probably sleeping until about 4 a.m. I was tossing. I was turning. I was going after God. I was like, God, I need to know an answer by tomorrow. And I don't want to just make this decision. I want to make this decision based on what you want. I don't know if you guys have felt this pain before of trying to make a decision. It's often not between a bad and a good decision. But it's between a good and a good decision. And I want to do what's right out of those two decisions. So I remember just tossing and turning. And so I finally fell asleep, like I said, around 4 a.m. And I woke up. When I woke up, it was the, the craziest thing happened. Just hours ago, I was full of stress, full of anxiety, full of not knowing what to do. And I woke up in the morning with this incredible peace inside of me. This incredible peace that, like, I'm like, where did this come from? God, is this you? And as I was looking and following this peace, I felt the peace to actually go back to the mission organization. Like, oh, I felt like that was where I'm supposed to go. But then the question came in my head. Was that really you, God? Is this really you? Is this just me wanting to go back and travel the world and whatever it is? Or is this you? And, and I'm sitting in prayer, and I felt like that's the, the still, small voice came in my head that said, Call this friend and get some prayer. And this is a friend I hadn't talked to for a while, but I figured, okay, I'm going to call him. And I called him, and I, I didn't tell him the whole situation. I said, hey, can you pray for me? He prayed for me, and in his prayer, he felt like I should go read a passage out of the book of Kings. And so I did, and in this passage, it talked about finishing what you started. To finish strong in what you started, and that's, that was the tipping point for me. I woke up with this peace, first of all, towards this mission decision. Then I had uh, a friend uh, pray over me, and, and that, that Bible passage was about completing what you started. About, and that, for me, was like, I need to finish this mission. So I need to finish what I started. And for me, this was a hard decision because I felt like I was giving up this job. And so that's what I did. I, I felt like, okay, God, you spoke in de- several different ways. You spoke through a person. You th- spoke through your scripture. You spoke through peace. I'm going to make that decision. And so that's what I did. I made that decision. I went back to missions. But it's, as you guys can see, I'm here. And, and, and so what happened is in my desire to seek God, in my desire to figure out if this is him and to go after him, he not only gave me one of the things. He gave me both of the things. And I think that's where we should sit as we go further in this message, is when we listen to God's voice, he's able to do more than we could ever expect. And before I get into the different ways that God speaks to us, because there's a bunch of ways, I think there's got to be a one cornerstone piece in our life. And that's this. Before we can kind of open the airwaves and, and, and hear from God, I think we have to believe and be confident that God speaks to you. We have to be confident that God can speak to you at any moment, right here, right now, that we don't need a pastor, we don't need someone that's more holy, whatever that means. I've heard people say that. But we, everyone, if you call yourself a Christ follower, you can hear efficiently and clearly from the Lord. That we are his children and he is our father and he wants to speak to us and he is speaking to us. In in Hebrews, it talks about boldly approaching God. Hebrews 4 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, 
But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So basically he's saying, God isn't a distant God. He's a God that can relate with us. And he wants us to boldly approach him with our relationship. If, if our relationship with God is the most important thing in our life, then the communication with God is pretty important. So we have to believe that we can actually hear from God. And so one of, there's, there's so many different ways that God speaks to us. I can't hit them all uh, today. But I'm going to hit on some of the key ones that I think that he does day to day. And the first is this. That you can hear God's voice through scripture. Through the Bible. That in John 1 it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That the the Word of God is living and breathing, and it's not an outdated text. In the Bible, I found that you actually learn about God's character. You learn about how He speaks, how He moves, and the, the whole reason we actually know how God speaks is because of the Bible. And if, if you're in this place and you're like, I've been trying to hear God's voice and I haven't necessarily heard him, my question to you is, have you been getting in the Bible? And I know it's not true for all of the world, but I think specifically in America, we've been trending over the last several years to kind of get away from the Bible more and more. That we have so many other voices in our life, we have so many other distractions in our life, that I feel like we've been putting the Bible aside more and more. And I know for me... When I am in the craziness, busyness, it seems to be the first thing that, that leaves. And, but I think that it's so cornerstone, so foundational, as we learn to hear God's voice more and more, we have to be in the Word of God. Uh, a German theologian uh, by the name of Martin Luther, Martin Luther, said this, Let the man who would hear God speak read holy scriptures. So in other words, he's saying, hey, if you want to hear God's voice, Read the Bible. Read the Bible. That God will speak to you in the Bible. The Bible is alive. And I know that sometimes it feels overwhelming. Like, okay, i got to add one more thing into my life. But there's so many amazing ways these days to get the Bible in your life. Whether it's through your life group. Whether it's through the, the YouVersion app. You can just go on Google and type in different ways to read the Bible. It will help you out. And one of the ways I've found help, helpful in my life is taking a verse. Okay, God says this verse is alive. And just praying it over yourself daily. Uh, my, my students in Fusion 412 actually, I think, have this down. Our, our key verse is 1 Timothy 412. Don't let others look down on you because you're young, but set an example through faith, through action, through love, through purity. And this is a verse that they live by. And it's so awesome to see them, whether we're at church camp, whether we're at one of our services, we're at our winter retreats, you see the students grab onto this verse and believe that God can speak to them. And then there's this testimony after testimony of them hearing God's, God's voice because they believe what he said in the Bible. And so my first thing that I think after we believe that we, we have confidence in hearing God's voice, we set the foundation of, of the word of God. Then we can start to hear him in different ways. And I think the next way that we hear him is this. God speaks through people. God speaks through people. I think if you, re- if you read the Bible time and time again, God uses his people to speak to his people. And I think with people, it's a little different. It's not necessarily that a person's going to say, hey, you've been, looking at, you've been trying to figure out this, this, this decision. This is the right, the right decision to make. And that could happen. But I think what people do is they bring perspective 
Because when you're in something and you're, you're in it, you're narrow focused. You're trying to think this or this. And people can bring an outside perspective in your life. So I think it's important for us to, to bring people in our life and our decisions. Moses, this guy named Moses in, exec, in Exodus 18, he's leading thousands and thousands of people, the Israelites. And, and he's got a lot of responsibility. And, and with people come problems. With people come conflict. So he's trying to lead these people well, and he's like, okay, God has appointed me as a leader. He's appointed me to be the one who speaks into their lives from God. I need to basically set up this court system, and, and just every day, he was the one that was hearing every single case. Case after case after case after case after case. Just him. And his father-in-law actually saw that this probably wasn't good. So his father-in-law uh, sought the Lord for him, and actually came to him and said, listen, Moses, like, it's good that you're doing this, but you're going to burn out, and you're actually going to not fulfill your calling if you keep doing this. That, that I know the Lord has appointed you to do this, but I think you might be doing it right. What you should do, and he gave him perspective, he gave him wisdom of, hey, you should set up this kind of court system. And, and Moses took that advice, and, and it was really helpful for him. So I, in our lives, when we're making these decisions, sometimes we're so narrow-focused that we need to let just a small amount of people that we know that are trust they're going to pray for us. That can seek the Lord with us. One of the, the, cool, the cool things about having an inner circle is they can call you out as well. And they can push you forward. Just recently I was at this, this event called The Send. Where uh, thousands of believers gathered together just to activate us in the faith. And I met some friends that I used to, to do life with but I'm not anymore. And we, we were talking and one of my friends was like, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And he prayed for me. And in that prayer, I didn't tell him everything that was going on in my life. He prayed everything that's going on in my life. He started to pray all the things that's going on that I'm struggling with, all the things that, that I'm trying to do with Fusion, with the internship program, just where I'm at. He started to pray into all those things. And then he started to encourage me. He started to speak over my life of what, where I know I'm called to be, who I'm called to be. And it was so encouraging. And I actually can say that's about a month ago that I've been a changed person since. That since that moment of just prayer, of asking for prayer, I've been refocused, I've been, had more vision, I'm walking more in my calling because I asked someone to speak into my life. So, so having people in your life that you can count on to pray. Do you guys have someone in your life that right now, if you were dealing with something, you could call them up and they would pray for you right there? I think that's important. And then once we have this down, I think this, this next part is my favorite way that God speaks to me, and, it, and it's this. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. God speaks through the Holy Spirit, and, and this is so much fun. I love, I love cultivating my relationship with the Holy Spirit, because Holy Spirit is part of God. And when we get to know how to communicate with God, we get to know how to communicate with the Holy Spirit, we get to know more about God, and I love this, and I, and I love, it, it, it's, if you look at the Old Testament, God chose certain people, special people, to kind of hear from him and then speak to everybody. There is actually a temple in the Old Testament. So in this temple is where God's presence lived. And in the temple, there was the Holy of Holies. This is where the presence of God lived. And only a few people could enter this place. So these priests would go and they would hear on behalf of God and then speak to the people. And, and so much so, this kind of blows my mind, I don't fully understand it. But God was so powerful and so pure and so good that if the priest came in with like and just didn't have the right heart or did something wrong, I don't fully understand, but they could die, right? And that just blows my mind that the presence of God is so crazy and so good, so amazing, so pure, and it lived in the Holy and Holies. 
But then Jesus came along. And because of what Jesus did, that same presence that lived in the Holy Holies now lives in us. So the same presence that would speak to this person, to speak to everyone else, is now inside of us speaking to us. And that is just mind-blowing to me that we actually have the God of the universe living inside of us, speaking to us, and guiding us. And so the Holy Spirit work inside of us can be so incredible. And there's many ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And, and one of them, you might have heard this before, is through the inward witness. The inward witness. John 15, 26 says, When the advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. The, the inward witness of the Holy Spirit testifies with us. It, it can be called a deep inner sense of agreement. I've heard some pastors say it's like the green light. It's the go-ahead. It's the peace that leads you, like in my story earlier, when I woke up with just incredible peace. Recently, I was in Chicago with my dad, and I don't know if any of you guys have ever driven in Chicago, but it's not fun. Um, I, I don't have a problem driving, but Chicago gets a little crazy, and, and I'm driving, and, and I need to take this turn. I'm trying not to, to crash. I'm trying not to get in an accident, and I'm trying to follow my GPS. And of course, the GPS stops working when I need it most. I don't know if this has happened to you, but it will show your car on a different road. And I'm like, that's not where I'm at. I have no idea where I'm going. I'm starting to get a little stressed because I don't want to go way out of the way. I don't want to get in an accident. Trying to figure this out. A little bit of anxiety starts to come in. I'm trying to figure this out. Finally, I just, I got to make a decision. So I think, I said out loud, I was like, I think I got to go this way. And my dad, who's over here just hanging out, who's been to Chicago a bunch of times, is like, yeah, that's the right, that's the right way. He confirmed the way that I was supposed to go. Instantly, all that stress was gone, all that anxiety was gone, I was good, peace came in, and I made the turn. That's very similar to, I think, the way that God's peace works in our life. That we'll be in, in one moment, we'll be in this place of, of not knowing, one moment in this place of anxiety, and then God's peace hits, and everything's okay. God's peace hits, and we can follow Him. And, and many times in my life, I feel like, I'll find God's peace, and that's what I want to follow. Maybe he's not speaking to me. Maybe I'm not hearing him with words, but I'm following his peace. In Colossians 3.15, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as a member of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. That we, as believers, are actually called to peace. And so God actually wants to bring peace in our life. So if you're in a spot right now where you're not feeling the peace of God then where is the peace of God in your life? He wants to give it to us. We're called to peace. And so one way that the Holy Spirit moves in us is we got to find that peace. we got to work it out and find where's God's peace in our life. God speaks to you through peace. God also speaks to you through the still, small voice. Uh, in this series, we've talked about uh, this guy named Elijah and, and how he, he heard the still, small voice of God. I want to go through that again because Elijah, Elijah was in a pretty crazy spot in his life. And some of you might be in some pretty crazy spots as well. This was Elijah's actual words to God. I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. So, Elijah was in a rough place, and he needed to hear the voice of God, because he's actually literally running for his life. So, there's, he really needs to hear God's voice, and, and this is the, the passage where he hears him. 1 Kings 19, verse 11. 
Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And you would think in a situation like that, Elijah's like, God, there's so much distress in my life. Maybe you should come with a big bang. Maybe you should come with an earthquake and, and, and speak. Maybe you should just have the earthquake actually just fall on my enemies, right? He, in, this, in this spot, he's probably like, Lord, I want to hear you in a bigger way. But what God did is he spoke in this still, small voice. And if you continue to read that passage, you see that God led Elijah to his calling to continue to do what he was supposed to do. We can learn from the story about, about God doesn't always have to speak in this, these crazy ways, but he can speak in the still, small voice in our heart, in our mind, and there's a story I want to share with you that's my favorite story of all time when hearing the Lord's still small voice. I love it so much, it actually has changed my life, and so some of you might know that I have a beautiful fiance named Megan, and, uh, but a few years back, several years back, we were just friends, and I had a crush. And so one day I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the courage. I'm going to have the boldness. I'm going to tell her how I feel. And so I, I find her, and we're talking, and I just let her, let her know how I feel. I told her that I liked her and what I thought and all these things. And she had a great answer. She said, okay, well, I see there could be something here, but just not right now. Basically the nice way to say not a chance. Thankfully, we were both in the same mission organization, and we were actually going to be leading a team together to Kyrgyzstan uh, for the next three months. And so in my head, I was like, she stuck with me for three months. Of course, she's going to fall in love with me. (laughs) And so fast forward, about two weeks left in our trip. So this has been about three months that have went by, and nothing still. I was like, God, I, I'm in prayer. I'm like, God, I, I've been trying for a long time here, and then I got nothing. I, I know that I'm not going to see her after these two weeks. She's from California. I'm from Michigan. What's going to happen here? And I'm just praying, and, and we're going to do this all-night burn, which basically just means we had a team of 10, and from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., we were going to just, one, one person an hour was going to pray. And I picked the 2 o'clock hour, and Megan happened to pick the 3 o'clock hour. And so I go... And I, I do the 2 o'clock hour, it's all good. And then I pass Megan as she goes to her 3 o'clock hour. And I'm getting ready to go to bed, go to the guy's side, plop down on the mattress. And this is when something crazy happened. As soon as I hit the mattress, I felt the still, small voice in my head say, Go back upstairs at the end of this hour. I was like, God, is that really you? Or do I just want to see Megan again? <laughs> I don't know. And again, again I heard... Go back upstairs at the end of this hour. So I took out my phone and played games on my phone for the next hour to stay awake. And that's what I did. I went back upstairs at the end of this, this hour, and I walked up to Megan. And as soon as she saw me, she started to cry. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And she didn't tell me everything in the moment, but she did tell me this. She says, I've been praying about you and I for the last hour. And I felt from the Lord that I was supposed to write you this note. And then I felt from the Lord that I was supposed to give you this note. And then I told the Lord, I'm not giving this, this note to Matt. 
and the Lord is going to give them this, this is no. And I don't know if you guys have ever been in this place where you kind of compromise with God. He's saying something, and you say, well, if. And so she said, if he comes back upstairs, God, I'll give him the letter. And there I was, back upstairs. And so she, she gave me the letter, and then she, she kind of just walked away and went to bed. And I read the letter. It was awesome. It wasn't necessarily her feelings, but it was her telling me who, who she saw me as. And it was just really cool, and it meant a lot to me. It gave me some more hope. But the next day, she said, hey, we need to talk. And she told me, not only did I tell God that if you came back upstairs, I'd give you this letter. But if you came back upstairs, I was going to give you a chance. So I'm going to give you a chance. And so basically, in that moment is when our relationship really started. That's when I heard from the Lord this still small voice that said, go back upstairs. And she heard from the Lord, give him this letter. And it's just so crazy that something so small, and just me falling to a mattress, me being sensitive to the Lord's voice, is changing my life forever because we're getting married in November. Yes. And during our dating relationship, I could always go back to that still small voice that God said, go back upstairs. And, and it's, it's God loves to move and can do more in our life than we ever thought possible if we just listen to our voice, his voice, something small. Elijah was in this place of, of great peril, and God moved in his life through the still small voice. And this is where it gets fun. Because if we can get to the point where we understand that God wants to speak to us in the little things, God wants to speak to us in our everyday, that we can actually hear God's voice, this is when he starts to move with us in a different way. And I think that's in the supernatural way of God. That when we start to hear his voice, the Lord can move through us in the supernatural. I was on a team in Uganda, and we were about to do ministry. There was about six of us that were going to go do ministry for the day. We had no idea what we were going to do. And so we were like, let's just pray. Let's just pray and let's hear God's voice. Let's figure out what we're going to do. And there's this girl on our team who felt so strongly. I just feel like we're supposed to go to this, this college campus, this local college campus in Uganda. And she's like, I know this sounds crazy, but I feel like there is a woman who is distressed about her kids who's in a church and she needs some prayer. And we're like, we don't know if that's God or not, but let's go for it. If, if it's not God, at least we'll meet some cool people. And I know sometimes my mantra is if you're 51% sure it's God, go for it. And, and so we did that. We went for it. We went to this campus. It was about midday. Of course, we're looking for a church. And sure enough, there's this cathedral on campus. And so we walked in the cathedral, and of course, it was completely empty. No one was in there except for a woman sitting in the middle. And so the, the girl that heard this went and talked to her, and she ended up having a several-hour conversation with this girl. It, it turns out she's not a churchgoer. She doesn't even believe in God. But she's at her wit's end because she's worried about her kids because she doesn't have enough money to pay for them to go to school. And they ended up talking. They ended up getting in dialogue. And this, this lady ends up giving her life to Jesus. She ends up joining us for the rest of the day. And she ended up saying, I am so thankful that God would speak to you to come to talk to me. She's like, I didn't know God before and now I know him because you listened to his voice. I'm so thankful that God would do that. And when we start to hear God's voice, when we start to be confident in God's voice, God can start to not only speak to us direction in our life, but he can start to use us in powerful ways in the supernatural to, to really impact other people. That when we hear his voice, we can start to change the world. The voice of God is an amazing gift. 
The Holy Spirit in our life is an amazing gift, but it takes work. It takes work to cultivate that relationship. It takes work to start to listen to the Lord's voice in your life. And, and the way that I like to see it is, if God's the treasure, if God's the hidden treasure, if His voice is the hidden treasure and we need to find it in our life, and there's this, this field of sand and we're trying to find Him and we only dig five feet and we don't find Him, we say, well, God's not here. Or do we decide that we're going to dig five more feet, ten more feet, that we're going to keep digging until we find God's voice, that we're not going to let other distractions get in our way, we're not going to let other voices get in our way. If the most important voice in our life is God, how hard are we willing to look for His voice? In the Psalms it says, so the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. So as this deer I, I think is panting for water, needs water, you need water, water to live. As this deer is desperately looking for water to live, are our souls longing for God? Are we searching for God like our lives depend on it? Are we willing to push through things in our life to find God's voice? Where are you guys at these days with listening to God's voice? Are you taking time out of your day pursue his word, to to maybe just sit and listen. My fast forward, the thing I'm saying yes to is just being silent for 30 minutes a day and just trying to hear the voice of God because I know he's got so many things to say to us. So I want to leave you with this. God speaks and he speaks clearly. He speaks effectively, efficiently. You can hear him But what are we going to do about that? Are we going to seek God in everything we do? Are we going to seek his voice in every decision in our daily lives? And there's some things we can do. I just want to challenge you just to take your next step in that. Whether that means opening up to your life group. If that means, hey, I'm going to get in the word every day. If that means I'm going to take time a day to listen to God's voice. I'm going to get the right people in my life to speak wisdom into my life. But God speaks to you. And I know that he wants to speak to us in the different things that are going on in our life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you speak to us. Thank you that you are good and that you want to speak to us more than we could ever hear you. So Lord, I ask that just you would open up each of our hearts, our minds, our ears, whatever we need to open up to hear from you, Lord. And I just believe there are going to be so many awesome testimonies of us just hearing your voice, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, you guys have an amazing weekend, and I just want to let you guys know that there are going to be prayer people up here if you guys need prayer.